business in the front, party in the back, podcast. podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. We're a couple of solopreneurs, Lauren, sharing our valuable life and business secrets every single show. And uh, today's show is going to be no different now. Today's show is sponsored by whom? Today's show is brought to you by Rara Consulting and the Task Reduction System. So basically, I was, I am an entrepreneur and I have spent many years kind of burning the candle at both ends. And uh, we have a whole episode about burning the candle at both ends, actually. But one thing I will say is that it's not actually a very effective long-term strategy. So what I designed is a system called the Task Reduction System, which actually allows you to organize, label your tasks, and schedule your tasks so that you actually have a plan of how to organize your day and your life. And what this does is that you empower and empowered within your business. So if you are interested in that, aka getting your time management under control, then head to Raw Raw Consulting. That's R-A-H, R-A-H Consulting. And all the details are there. Again, you want to look out for the task reduction system. So yes. Very good. Uh, and worthwhile as well, because uh, we all need a little bit of that. So uh, Lauren, the theme for today is chatting a little bit about dreams and how they can sort of help shape us and guide us. And I've got a little bit, I guess, that I'm incorporating into this because this is one of my babies and it came from a really ridiculous, crazy, disgusting dream that I had. So I'll be sharing that with you today, but that's what it came out of. But basically I've always been the dreamer. I called myself the dreamer before I became the light worker. And that's because I've always had sort of premonitions and seen things in that way. So I feel like for me, I use it to kind of help and shape, um, help shape and guide me in my business. But also I feel like the listener at home, because not everyone will have, I guess, the abilities that I have or that you have, but anyone can do this. Uh, I feel like anyone can pretty much learn how to um, enhance their skills in this area. And that's what I'm going to be talking a bit about today. So um, Lauren, did you want to talk a little bit about what you've been up to, what you've been learning? I know we're not going to be too specific because some of these are going to be recorded a little bit ahead of time. Um, but is there anything you wanted to share with our listener at home about what you've been uh, been up to? Uh, just working on, uh, honestly, the task reduction system. I'm building that on my website, getting that done, and also doing a free webinar to you know sort of show people that I know what I'm actually talking about and then encourage them to give the task reduction system a go. So I, I think that, you know, without spending too much time, because I know, you know, I'm feeling frustrated at the moment because of some tech stuff. Mm. One thing that I will just recommend that people do is to reach out if they are, you know, learning something new and they might not, you know, there might be some questions like get all your ducks in a row is essentially what I'm kind of trying to get at. Because mm. when you kind of half fast things or when you uh, kind of go intuitively with how you think something's supposed to work, it's not always the case. Mm. And so you can end up redoing your jobs, which is very annoying. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I guess what I'm trying to say with that, Michelle, is when you are tackling something new, make sure you actually watch the training videos or make sure you talk to people who have gone before you so that you don't make the same mistakes as they've done because mm -hmm. wasted time is wasted life. Mm. And Nobody's, we don't want to be spending our time redoing things. We ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, it's sort of like laser focusing upon my most important tasks at the moment, which is that. So that's hmm. what I've been working on. And I'm really excited because I know that, you know, this, you know, all the work that I'm doing is really going to benefit people who give yeah, me those. So absolutely. yeah, that's definitely worth the learning curves, but learning curves sometimes are difficult and they're definitely frustrating <laughs> yep. at times, yep. but that's the whole thing, isn't it? Like when we learn to grow our business, that's what you and I are doing. We're learning things that work and things that don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So how have you been? Anything uh, you've learned this week? Yeah, I've um, been sort of putting all my Reiki course together. So that's been really fun. And I'm just getting onto MailChimp and sending out emails. I've got, uh, I think, seven people interested at the moment. And that is at that introductory price. And then once I've got the first group through, then I'll, um, I'll put it up to where it should be. And um, yeah, so that'll be really exciting. So I'm just working on the letter, uh, sending all of that out. Um, I'm actually incorporating, which is very exciting because I've got this um, crystal singing bowl, which I put up on my uh, Facebook page today as well. And it's for solar plexus. And so what I'm going to do, and this is just an idea that I had that I, I don't know that other people do because I certainly didn't have it when I went through. But Reiki, you have attunements. And so they can be quite full on for some people. Some people can react quite adversely to that. So I've got this beautiful singing bowl and the solar plexus is kind of the be all and end all really, you know, it's power control, fear-based emotions, all that sort of stuff. So if things are likely to get triggered, anxiety, panic, things like that, if people are going to get triggered, it's probably going to be in that area. So what I've decided I'm going to do, and I'm writing it into my course outline is to do a sound healing on people before they go into the attunement so that we're raising their vibrations um, because the attunement can be full on if you know, you're all just sort of sitting there listening to someone yabber on. Uh, so I feel like maybe the sound healing before that might be useful to kind of step them up, you know, through the process. So that's something that I'm writing into my program and I'm sort of asking for a bit of guidance around what other things I can do. But I feel like that is something that is quite inspired. So I'm very excited about incorporating my little bowl. Um, and I also have to make it worthwhile because it's, they're not cheap. And poor Jason, my husband, has been looking at, this is, I know the listener at home can't see, but it's Larimar, the blue. And it's um, just the most beautiful. beautiful crystal. And they're quite expensive. And they actually had them in the markets. And um, I haven't seen them there before. And it's sterling silver, like really heavy and weighty and just beautiful. So it's for throat space, but it's also for stress and it's calming. It's like the ocean. So I love that. And I have been looking for it because it came up in my cards. I've got crystal decks over here and Larimer came up with something I need. And so I've been looking for it and I finally found it on Sunday. So my poor husband um, is like looking at our bank account going, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on here? But, you know, if I can incorporate it into and it's part of my business, I'm sort of claiming a lot of that stuff anyway. So I feel like maybe that's, you know, okay. So I'm... Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to claim incense and smudge and, you know, all those things because I kind of need it to do what I do. So... Well, yeah, of course. See how I go at tax time, I'll let you know. But yeah, that, that's exciting. And I'm sort of really looking forward to getting started. I'm going to give everyone a break, you know, Christmas, January, that sort of thing. I think we'll start in Feb. So I'm sort of working towards um, a February start date with this first group. So yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Exciting times, Lauren. Um, Sounds now. good. I love course creation. It's one of my favorite things it's fun, to do. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Building a course. It's so fun. I love yeah. it. The ability to be a bit creative, um, yeah, which is really cool. So um, today we are talking about dreaming and I pulled up a little definition of dreaming because, I mean, I guess people kind of know, you know, when you say dream, you know what we're talking about. But literally, it's a series of thoughts, Im images and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep 
dreams and visions are controlled by the third eye. This is something I teach in mentorship. So the third eye also controls our ability to see auras. Sometimes people can see colors around people, stuff like that. That all comes from the third eye. So dreams, visions, auras. I speak to a lot of people in that mentorship thing that I do who are gifted. And often I find that they sleep walked and sleep talked. So the dream vision thing coming from third eye, for me, I feel like, cause I dream walked and sleep talked as well. I feel like, cause I had my eyes shut, but I could still see everything in the room. I feel like that was kind of an indication for me that I had clear avoidance way before I realized that's what it was. So, and I do find a lot of people in my mentorship group were the same. Um, also being afraid of the dark is a key sign of um, having an ability there because we just kind of know there's something there. We don't know what it is. We don't want to see it, but we know there's something in our room. So um, that first definition, the initial part of what I just said there was um, from healthline.com. But yeah, I just thought that was a really good uh, definition because how often do we really talk about, you know, what they are? So most dreams are predominantly visual, um, meaning there's sort of images, um, you know, that we can see playing out like a bit like a film or something like that. Um, but we don't, we use the visual more than, you know, smell or touch and that sort of thing in dreams, obviously. Colour can mean premonitions. So this is interesting for the listener at home um, and people often find this surprising. Black and white is just usually, I guess, subconscious, you know, playing out, doing its thing. But if you're dreaming in colour, generally speaking, that will be a premonition. So that will be something that will come true. And that's when we have, you know, deja vu. So when you're walking around and you're like, oh, I've, I've, this has happened before, or I've met that person before. Sometimes that's soul group, but other times it's that you've dreamt this thing and then it all makes sense. And you know what, you know, is going to be said to you, you know, it may be before a car crash or something. Um, I know some people who have premonitions about things like that, but if they're in color, you know, pay attention because that can be a premonition. The less I just want to interrupt you. Yes. I've never thought, I think I always dream in color, but I've never thought about it before. Yeah. Do you have deja vu? Not really. You don't feel that kind of sense that you've seen this before? No, not really. Really? Not often. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never met anyone but who I, hasn't had deja vu. I'm sure like, I know sometimes things feel familiar, but I wouldn't mm. be able to tell you how they play out next or anything. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you yeah, know, it depends no. on your abilities and how switched on you are. But I mean, yeah, if you've had that sort of feeling of familiarity, same, same. Usually with me, it's like in reading sometimes. I've dreamt this and then I'm in a reading and then I know what I'm going to say as an example, but it's not always like that. It's, it's sometimes I'm just sitting in the um, shopping center, you know, in the queue at the shopping center and I'm like, huh, I feel like I've done this before, but it's more acute. Like it's more of a, I've actually seen this whole scenario kind of thing. Right. Um, but I guess it depends on how sensitive you are and how much you're paying attention. But this is the thing, yeah. you know, today what I want to talk about is really paying attention to those moments. You know, when that happens and you feel like, oh, there's something familiar going on here. That's the universe's way of showing you your, where you're meant to be. So if that happens to you, yeah. it's a way of the universe saying to you, this is, this is right. This is right. So pay attention to those moments when you do have that. Um, it's really important. Obviously, the less stressed you are, you know, dreams are going to be a little bit more pleasant because it does play into that subconscious. But what was interesting, and this is how this show came about, Lauren, is um, I dreamt, it's disgusting, even saying it, but I dreamt I was making a pizza in a toilet bowl. So I literally, I was throwing in the, you know, cabanossi, the cheese, lots of cheese, you know, the capsicum, like all this stuff into the pizza bowl. And I'm stirring it around in the pizza bowl, in the toilet bowl. And I'm thinking my my rational mind is looking at this situation and I'm going, you know, I think I'll just have the stuff that's kind of in the middle 
you know, that hasn't really touched the bowl itself and also the rim, you know, of the toilet bowl. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to get anything that's been on the rim of the toilet bowl. It was disgusting. So anyway, I've put it into my mentorship group to go, guys, like I just had this crazy dream because everyone in our group streaming different things and posting about them. What's the meaning, you know, just having a bit of fun with it. So I put that in there. And, um, one lady said, well, it means that you uh, aren't going to take crap from anyone. And I said, well, that's good. That's a good lesson. Um, cause I was learning boundaries at that point, but for me, it actually felt like, um, that was all the crap that I don't want to put into my body because I'm vegan. So I'm not eating Cabernet or cheese or any of like a lot of that mm. other stuff that was in the toilet bowl. So for me, it was like a real awareness that that stuff just isn't good for me. It's, it's in the bowl for a reason. And that's that's how I interpreted it. So I felt like for me that was confirmation of me being in a plant based diet. Um, so, but it was so vivid. It was oh, it was disgusting. But you know, I thought that was really good, and that's what I took from that. So, what can we learn from our dreams? You know, um, I will talk a little bit more about um, books and things that are, are useful in that area when you're trying to predict what the dream actually means. Um, but you know, our moods and what we've done during the day, um, you know, can also influence our dreams, of course. Now, Lauren, I do remember, and you may remember this, you know, with your childhood, but because um, I don't know if you went to Sunday school, I don't know whether you did, maybe you did, you can let me know. But when I was in Sunday school, I always remember the stories of angels coming to people in dreams. And so dreams were always really important for me because I wanted an angel to come to me. I was like, wow, like this happens in the Bible. Like I want an angel to come to me in my dream. That'd be so cool and give me a message. And, you know, now I communicate with them for a living. So that's pretty awesome. But that was always a dream of mine or a wish of mine. And uh, here we are. Here we are. So it's amazing what you, uh, what you wish for and what happens down the track. What's your experience? Have you got any experiences you wanted to share? Um, I guess the thing is that I used to dream a fair amount. And I remember one time I taught myself how to lucid dream. And so I was doing that for a while. And um, if people want to explore that, I'm sure yeah. you'll talk about that maybe today. But in the afterlight, I interviewed somebody who taught all about lucid dreaming. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Can but, you just explain what that is for the listener at home? Just oh, for yeah, people who sure. don't know. Yeah. Lucid dreaming is essentially when you wake up within your dream and you're aware that you're dreaming so you can control it. Mm. And there's a lot of things that you can do to kind of help you along with that. And she gives, Heather gives a lot of different techniques and things like that. But I remember one thing that I learned was that when you are dreaming, you want to start noticing things that aren't accurate. So Heather recommends you look at your hands often throughout the day ah, so that when you're in your dream, if you go to look at your hands, you'll notice that maybe they look a bit different than they do in, in real life. And then that kind of will um, give you a little bit of an indicator that you are in a dream. Uh, sometimes if you look at clocks, clocks don't work in a dream or sometimes different things will happen. Like I kind of remember around the time I was learning lucid dreaming that I had animals talking to me and stuff like that in my dream, which doesn't normally happen in real life. So those were little indicators that I was dreaming and then waking up within the dream allows you to then control it. And um, one of the things Heather talked about, which is really cool, is that her son knows how to lucid dream and he actually practices his BMX tricks within his wow, dreams and gets amazing. some of the muscle memory happening. And then when wow. he does them in real life, he's a lot stronger at it. So yeah, I guess, you know, when you, when you uh, think about dreaming, I, I've gone for years without dreaming a lot. Mm. And then uh, I started taking fish oil tablets and then I started dreaming a whole lot more, but wow. I've only had a limited amount, I guess, of significant dreams. And, um, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to definitely have more dreams that I find 
significant. But I think that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I know that I interviewed another woman, and again, we'll put the link to this on the afterlight. And she was saying that dreams are how spirit connects to you and mm. connect, and um, they use examples that you will understand. So, mm. uh, you know, because sometimes I would have work related dreams, for example, and I'd be thinking, well, what is this about? But, mm. you know, really, we're getting. We're getting um, signs or symbols or information in context that we understand, right? Because mm. if all of a sudden I started dreaming that I was in a foreign country I'd never been before, then mm. that message might not come through to me in the same way as if it was something that was realized in my kind of everyday life, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that was that was a really good one. But yeah, basically, I don't really dream as much as I used to. And mm. uh, I, I'd like to do that again. I definitely noticed over the last few years when I take fish oil regularly, mm. it really does affect that a lot. Uh, but I, I guess I really do believe I dream in color all the time. So mm. I don't I don't know if that's something I need to think about a little bit more deeply, but I've never so, yeah. considered that my dreams are in black and white. Like I've never, do you, when you were talking about that, do you actually, so when you recall your dream, are they in mm. black and white? I have both. Um, I have sometimes sepia. Um, so sometimes I'll be in a sepia tone and other times it'll be really vivid, you know, vivid colors. And that's when I'm looking at something that's happening, that's going to happen. So I don't remember my dreams being super vivid color, but I guess I never imagined them being a different color to normal, if yeah. that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, just, you know, pay attention to it and just see, you know, next time when um, when you do dream. Because, you know, I'm not, not suggesting it's like looking at a rainbow and it's like, oh, my God, I'm squinting. But I will have dreams that are, yeah, more of a sepia tone, some more of a, you know, kind of a flat tone. And that's the subconscious in my experience. And then you've got the, um, you know, really vivid colors um, or not vivid, but, you know, more color involved in your dream. And that generally means that um, something's going to happen. Um, something's going to happen in that dream. I think that I can only think about yeah. one time where I had really super vivid color, one experience of that. Um, which was basically that I, I don't know, I must've been going through a difficult time at that time. And I remember I was dreaming and all of these beautiful purple flowers, wow. they all flew into my heart. Wow. Love that. And uh, that was amazing. But that, yeah, it's funny how we sometimes can remember certain dreams and then, then mm. other dreams, they just come and go and we don't remember mm. them. But mm. yeah, I guess I, upon reflection, I definitely don't think that I dream in super vivid color as often. Mm. So maybe I just need to put that intention out there. But yeah. 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 No, that's really cool. With the premonitions and things like that, sometimes it's not exactly as it's happening, but there's bits and pieces that will happen. So what I mean by that is when I started my first radio gig, I was a bit nervous about it and it was a long way. It was 10 hours west of uh, Brisbane out in Charleville. And I had accepted the gig, but I was, you know, a bit worried. And I had a dream, I think the night before we left um, to drive out there. And I was with a bunch of people that I knew, um, some of them not so much uh, or not so well, but my family was there and my partner at the time and all those sorts of people. And I was saying to them, like, are you coming with me? Like, are any of you coming with me? And they said, well, no, you've got to do this on your own. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I, as I was talking, I was strapping on my uh, skates. And so skates, because I've skated, as you know, from a previous episode for a long time, and I'd, um, you know, raced competitively and all that sort of stuff. 
in speed skating, the skates are my comfort zones. When I've got skates on, I'm good. And that's in real life. You know, all through COVID, I was skating. I skated almost every day um, all around here and it was fabulous on my rollerblades. And so I was putting my skates on and I was like, yep, I feel good. I'm stable, uh, stability, um, secure. I feel secure. And a lot of that's to do with root chakra. Um, so that stability foundation, stuff like that. So I knew that whatever was coming was going to be huge. It was going to be really challenging. And I felt that. But at the same time, everyone was telling me, we'll see you on the other side, it's going to be fine. So I had that reassurance, I had my skates and off I went. And I remember skating down this very straight uh, road and it was flat and I could see the horizon. It was that flat and long and straight. And I just thought, oh my God, this is insane. And there was like red soil everywhere and kangaroos and just a couple of trees. It was very sparse. And when I left to go to Charleville, I was driving in my car along the Warrego Highway and I looked around and I thought, oh my God, this is where I was in that dream. It's amazing. Because you can literally, the Warrego Highway is dead straight and you can see the horizon. You can pretty much see Charleville from like 10 hours. You're driving towards this, this town. It's incredible. And the red soil, the kangaroos, everything. Um, and they were going through drought at that time. So there was hardly anything else to look at. So I, I knew that that part of it was what I'd seen in that dream. So, um, and that was really good confirmation for me that I was meant to do this. And, um, and so I did it. And I also just wanted to say there, Lauren, that um, I'm also meeting a lot more spiritual people, especially when I was in the company, there was some spiritual people that I met who had worked there previously um, and were going back. And they were quite spiritual. And one of them actually came to me for a reading. And I said, wow, like you do this job in, in you know, the company. And that's quite kind of commercial, corporate, you know, all those things. But like you believe in this stuff as well. That's amazing. And he, he said to me, this particular guy, he was a content director, had been a content director. He said to me, Michelle, we were looking for a breakfast radio show host. We needed a guy and it was going to be a co-host with a bunch of other people. And he said, I had a dream about this particular person, that that was the person for the job. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, yeah, well, the other guy wasn't so um, willing to come along. And he actually approached this person. The person said no. And then he had to approach him again because he kept having the dream. The dream just kept happening over and over with this person in it. And he saw him sitting there with the headphones, the microphone, the whole thing. And he said, I really need you to come in and do this job. And that same person's there seven years later. So, you know, I just found that amazing in terms of people sometimes struggling to get clarity, sometimes not knowing uh, what they should or shouldn't be doing in their career or job. And, you know, dreams are so great because that solved a big problem for him. It saved him going through a lot of job applications because he was like, this is the person for the job. So I just thought that was a really good, um, good example and how we can incorporate that into that uh, sort of corporate world as well. Hmm. I guess it's funny because I think that for me, I have this in sense, I have a very good knowing of what mm. is like, I just feel like I know. Like so I don't, sense. yeah, I don't always look for signs cause I just know it, but it's interesting how, you know, we all have different strengths and we all get information in different ways and how, yep. You know, I might've like, I remember when I, the last person I hired, the minute my, the minute I knew her, I was just like, yep, I just knew she was right. But I knew I needed to interview other people as well, because yeah. you can't just hire the first person you, even though I knew it was right. And we were going to hire her anyway. You got to be fair. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. So, uh, but it was interesting, but then, you know, he might not have had that, or he might've had, you know, like the heart versus head kind of conversation. And then in his dream, he just knows that his dreams are mm. accurate. Yeah. And, and kind of guides them in that way. So I think it's, um, 
you know, with dreaming, I guess one of the things I wanted to ask you, and you might answer it in a little while here, but is like, how do you know what dream, what dream is relevant to you or not? I mean, if it's colorful, is that pretty much your only sign? Because I know that we all dream stuff that we think, what was the point of that? Um, and do you actually need to go into figuring it out or does it even matter? I will talk a bit about that later, but um, what I will say there is that I write down pretty much all my dreams. So all dreams are important and the more that we write them down, the more we remember and then it may make more sense later. So it may not always make sense in the moment. So I often dream about people before I meet them. So if I dream about someone and see their face, um, I'll write down a description and then when I see them, I know straight away, I dreamt about you, you're important. So, um, I do write down all of my dreams and I pay attention to all of them. Um, because that just means you have more, um, in dreams, I do notice uh, symbols, symbology, things like that. So if I'm, uh, you know, and that will generally relate to a reading that I'm going to be doing. So if I see the Eagle, um, an Omega symbol or infinity symbol, all of those sorts of things, the symbols stand out to me. And then I know the next day, chances are that's going to come up. It'll be a tattoo on the person. It'll be a native American Indian past life, something like that. So for me, I pay attention to it a lot because of the work I do. But even before that, um, I've always been really, um, really attentive to my dreams. So certainly I wouldn't just say, no, we're just paying attention to the ones that are in colour uh, because the other ones tend to be just things to do with your subconscious, what's going through that, what we need to process. Um, and it could be just relating to family drama, you know, relationships, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's interesting, Lauren, I was just reading an article in the Deccan uh, Chronicle or Deacon Chronicle, it might be. And what they say is we often claim to have dreamed in colour, but when we're questioned, we fail to clearly tell which colours we dreamt in or what was the colour of a particular object. Every colour possesses its own symbolism for each of us. So colours play an important psychophysiological role in our lives. So that's quite uh, quite an interesting one. Um, I hadn't read that before. I was just Googling it while you were talking. So Yeah, that's um, really interesting, actually, because I... Yeah, I get, well, I, I guess moving forward, I'll start paying more attention. Yeah. Look, it doesn't yeah. say that all dreams that are in color are premonitions, but what it is saying is people who have a heightened awareness of color during their waking lives. And I know with your business logo and branding, you are very much the, the splash of color. Whereas if you look yeah. at my logo, it's gold, white, and gray. So quite different. And so if you're more aware of color in your waking life, you're more likely to recall dreams in color in your sleeping life. So in your dreams, but it doesn't mean that they're all premonitions, but if you're going to be having a premonition, it is, it is always going to be in color. Does that make sense? So you can yeah, have dreams sense. in other colors and gray and, yeah. and stuff like that. But if it's going yeah. to be a premonition, it'll be in color. Yeah. Okay. That's so funny. Cause I wear a lot of black, but I love color. And like yeah. you said, I use it all for my branding yeah. and uh, I pay attention to color all the time. Yeah. So, like I'm, I really pay attention to color patterns, things yeah. like that, that yeah. I notice all that. So that makes sense that I would mm. think like that, that yeah. I would dream that way then. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, now I did look up Wikipedia earlier because I wanted to know a bit about, um, I guess the history. And I think that's very interesting. And what I found was that since ancient times, precognition, uh, which is what you're talking about. Well, you're talking about clear cognizance. Precognition is knowing something before it happens. So a little bit around the premonitions we've just been talking a bit about has been associated with trance and dream states involved in phenomena uh, like prophecy, fortune telling, second sight, as well as waking premonition. So sometimes a waking premonition is, um, I guess like a lucid dream can be a waking premonition 
or, you know, you're walking down the street and you have this sudden vision, or you could be in yoga having a vision uh, about something that's about to happen, like a warning. Yeah. Something's about to happen, accident, whatever it is. So for me, I've been having premonitions forever. Um, I can't remember when that started. My brother, interestingly, Lauren, because I had never spoken to him about this before. And I may have spoken about this on the Afterlight podcast, but my brother sees five to 10 years ahead. So he sees his life five to 10 years ahead. So he'll get snippets of himself down wow. the trail. Look like what he'll be doing, all that sort of stuff. And I didn't know that until I started kind of doing this on the side, not full time, but on the side. And he said, Did you know that I do this? And I was like, No. So he's a dreamer as well, what I call a dreamer. So I thought that was really interesting. And just the other day, and I wrote it in my uh, diary because I record all my dreams, I, I saw myself looking ahead and I had gray hair and I was so radiant like just beautiful, but not all gray. It was like a mixture. So um, as you know, because we've talked about it, I don't dye my hair. So this is natural and it's, it's brown or a light brown. But um, in this vision, I had streaks of gray and it was just beautiful. Like it was just sort of intermin- intermingled in there. Mm-hmm. And I just was radiant. And I was like, wow, I just look like really happy, like really happy, really content. And, um, and it was wonderful. And that was all I saw. It was literally just my head. That was it, profile done. Um, and it was gorgeous. So it just made me really happy. And it reminded me of my brother um, when he told me that. Now, our great grandmother was Indian. So my mum's mum's mum was Indian. Um, and I wonder, because when I went to India, I was like, wow. And I didn't know her at that point because my mum was adopted. So I didn't realize I had Indian history in my family or ancestry. But when I was in India, I was like, this is just home. This is fabulous. I love the spiritual stuff and the prayers and all these things. And I wonder whether, because my brother's my mum's son, he's a half-brother, I wonder whether it comes down that bloodline from the Indian heritage um, because they're very open, you know, about these sorts of things. And the bindi, you know, the red uh, dot here, the one up here symbolises marriage, um, but the one in here symbolises third eye and the opening of the third oh. eye. So that's why babies have it as well um, because they support it, you know, in all ages in their culture. So um, I wonder whether that's my great-grandma's influence. And I've worn bindis for years. I didn't know I had a, a grandma who was Indian. But I've worn bindis since I was nightclubbing, since my nightclubbing days when I was a teenager. So it's very interesting. And I wonder, because she died a long time ago, whether she was influencing me. I don't know. But yeah, I was just wondering where it came from. So I actually had a really quite frightening example, um, terrifying at the time, of when this sort of ability started. But it was... Um, I don't like to stay at other people's houses. Let's just say that I get a lot of impressions and feelings and energy and stuff like that. So I don't do it. But years ago, I had a few drinks, stayed at a girlfriend's house, woke up and uh, went home very early in the morning. And for the next week, uh, I was dreaming that I was getting broken into, that someone was trying to get in my house All my doors and windows were like broken. The locks were broken on them and I couldn't get out, but I felt like someone was trying to get in. So I got a friend to come over. They, you know, fixed all the windows, made sure it was secure. It didn't have security screens or anything. So it was pretty basic and a big house. And I was there on my own. Anyway, the girl that I'd stayed over at a house, she wasn't at work. She didn't come to work that week. And she came on the Thursday and I've been dreaming this dream every night. It was getting more vivid. I could see the people's faces. I could feel their intentions were not good. I was trapped. I felt like I was trapped. Anyway, she came in on the Thursday. She walked into the newsroom and looked at me and I said, oh my God. I said, it was you. She goes, what are you talking about? And I said, this is a dream I've been having since I stayed at your house. And she went, oh my God, that's exactly what happened. So exactly what I'd seen had happened. They'd broken all the doors and locks on her windows, all the locks on her doors and windows. She couldn't get out. She had to call the police to get her out of her home. So she was trapped. And um, there was something about the hose and a few other things. And I said, look, they actually live over the back fence and the police uh, got them. They arrested them and they found property from her yard in their home. 
and uh, they arrested them and threw them in jail. So that was a really good result. They wanted to sexually assault her, to put it politely. So um, that was a really good result, but I was terrified and I had no idea how this applied. I thought it was me. I was like, oh my God, someone's going to break in and get me. So sometimes it's difficult to know where it applies and that can be the tricky thing with dreaming. So um, even with, yeah. you know, your work and your, your career and all these things, you know, sometimes you have a dream about your job and then it may not actually be about the job. It may be about something else, but yeah. it's like a lesson from that. It, it's, it, it can be tricky. It can be tricky figuring out what yeah. that is. But I think like you said before, if you write down your dreams, you actually yeah. do recall more. And I remember when I was Definitely. learning a lucid dream, I was really focused on it. So I was learning, I was writing my dreams down a lot and then I, I would recall more and then it really put me more in power. So yeah. I guess, you know, at the moment where I'm at is that I get a lot of fragmented dreams. So maybe if I do take the time, mm -hmm. you know what, I'm also lazy, Michelle, I will just admit it because when I wake up and I'm tired, I don't feel like writing my dream down because I'm mm. tired still. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas it can indicate a busy mind though too. And you do have that because you're trying to juggle, yeah. you know, your sort of job, the physical job you're doing at the restaurant and then, you know, all the other stuff that you're doing with your work. Yeah. So when you're like that, I mean, dreams are going to be more, a bit more scattered. Whereas I guess with me, I'm doing sound healings, I'm doing meditation, I'm doing all these things. So yeah. for me, it's more a story. So that, that could be different as well for you, um, coming in mind, doing more yoga, um, which I know you always want to do. So yeah, that yes. could be a good tip. I actually, um, Lauren, I find it useful in my work um, as well because loved ones will sometimes come through, past over loved ones will come through like before a reading as well. So the night before they might come through, give me some information, some validation, evidence, because I do evidential mediumship. And then when they come through the next day, I'm like, oh, I remember you. And then I'm like, blah, blah, blah to their you know loved one who's sitting there getting a reading and they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that came to me in a dream. So I find it a, a useful little um, trick, but it also makes it easier for them to communicate because when I'm dreaming, I'm more open. I don't have the client sitting here. I don't have whatever else going on. So um, yeah, it's a useful way to um, for them to communicate. I guess when you were talking earlier, I was a little bit confused as to whether or not you're always talking about dreams like sleep dreams because there's also daydreaming and then there's also visions. So, mm. and I guess like, cause when you were talking about seeing yourself when you were older, you know, you had that little snapshot. I That's mean, I get those, I get those a lot and I know I, and I get those through, um, well, God, it sounds so weird if you're not into this conversation, <laughs> but anyway, it's just, I know, like, I just know I can see where I'm going, but then yeah. the other thing is through meditation. That yes. is where I get a lot of. So do you kind of equate daydreaming with dreaming with visions and meditation, yeah, all like all kind of the same? Yeah, it all comes from the uh, third eye, all of it. So, um, and I think a lot right. of it's like, I was definitely a daydreamer. I used to get in trouble all the time because I'd just be like staring off into the distance. And to be honest, I, I don't remember where I was going. I don't know what I was doing, or what I was seeing, but now that I look back on it, I feel like I was probably in the spirit world in a different dimension or something because I would totally zone out and no one could get my attention. And it was almost like I was asleep, but I had my wow. eyes open and I'd be looking off into the distance. And yeah, at that point, I don't know, I wasn't conscious enough to kind of know what I was doing or where I was going. But um, now that I look back on it, I feel like that was probably going somewhere else, you know, traveling, doing something. Were you a very um, popular totally kid in high school? <laughs> no, I wasn't at all. I wasn't at all. 
um yeah no I didn't have any friends in school so it's not um, funny it's, I shouldn't be laughing about that it's just when you think about how people I mean, try to get a hold of you and like you've zoned <laughs> it's yeah no I'm very different and I didn't really know I definitely didn't know how to fit in like with other kids um who didn't believe in all that sort of stuff so yeah well you can't yeah. have the gifts that you have and necessarily like it's just you're too just naturally too deep that's just yeah. what you know yeah whereas everyone else you is surface level and it drives me insane so yeah that's exactly it yeah so. yeah so as i sort of alluded to at the top of the show our ability to dream is connected to third eye and we've just sort of spoken about that before that controls the intuition and i feel like lauren this is a muscle that the more we use the more we benefit from that so and it also improves our ability to dream but i also feel like that's to do with you know clearing your mind a little bit meditation yoga stuff like that is really good surfing um so sometimes in the corporate world we find we're only listening to logic and that's definitely the case in my family my dad was very logical my husband's very logical so i'm sort of surrounded by people like that and i was very much as well very in my masculine but um, I find it's more difficult to make a decision when I only trust my intellect and ignore my feelings because I think like you, you've been talking about this a bit where you just have that inner knowing. It's just this knowing that this is the right job, this is the right location, this is the right whatever. You just yeah. have that inner knowing and I've always had that as well. So I think when I met my husband, I infuriated him because he will procrastinate. I mean, let's just say the house is an example. We sold our house on the Gold Coast. He thought about it for two months. So we had two months of no rent coming in before he put it on the market and then he didn't want it to be online because it was like too much and so three months later we had no rent coming we finally sold oh my god so you know and at the end of that then he's got all these regrets about how long it took and um he uses the term we how long we and i'm like no 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 <laughs> uh don't include me in your little we conversation here I knew from the second that it wasn't the right time. I do feel yeah. strongly like next year when all the Victorians and South Australians and everyone else, New South Wales people, they're all going to be coming up here 100%. So, or as many as can get jobs. And I knew for sure, because our house sold, sold to a South Australian couple. Mm. So, you know, they're all definitely going to be moving up and they're going to be looking for bargains at the moment before it goes crazy next year when everyone can actually get out. So I just felt like we should wait and I just knew that. And so when it all happened and unfolded and we didn't get as much as we thought we would and all these other things went wrong and then there's a problem with the bank filling out a form wrong. So now we're $45,000 short and we've lost another $3,000. God knows what happened to that. So it has been really hard, but you know, I'm in a relationship and I, you know, I'm not here. I'm not the boss. So I just have to go along with what other people think sometimes. So, you know, I gave my advice and my opinion, but um, yeah, that was the end result of that. So I think for him, he finds it frustrating because he's just like, you haven't even given any thought. And I'm like, well, I don't need to because I just know this is the yeah. right thing. Like next year yeah. is going to be better. We're going to get a better price for it and we should wait. But we didn't. So um, I always trust my feelings, but, you know, for others who don't, it can be really frustrating because it feels like you don't care as much. I think for a lot of people who just use their intellect and logic, it's like we don't care, but it's the complete opposite. I feel like we're using our intuition. Yeah. And the more I do that, uh, especially in the work I'm doing now, I dream more. So I find my dreams increase when I use my intuition more mm. in my waking life. So as well as the fish oil, um, that could be another tip is to use your intuition or try to use your intuition more, which is just a gut instinct. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, but I don't know that I have that or it's not very strong. How many times have you gone, oh, like, you know, should I walk back to my car or should I get a lift or should I walk home or should I get a lift? Like there's so many opportunities in life where we could have been harmed 
but we've managed to pull ourselves out of that situation because we were using our intuition and it didn't feel right. That's all it is. Does it feel right? Does it not? Trust that because a lot of people get into relationships and they're not good relationships. And then they go, you know, in the beginning, I kind of knew this. I knew this was all going to happen, but I did it anyway. Yeah. So it's like, you just got to trust your feelings. Um, and and we have a whole amazing episode on intuition as well. So for our listener at home, if you haven't caught up, what's wrong with you? But also exactly. <laughs> go exactly. back and listen to that episode because that one's really good. And Michelle shares a really incredible story in that, which I won't tell you about in mm. here. You have to listen to that. But that's such a good episode as well. Really and good. I think it, it's exactly, it's just, you know, a lot of what this all is, is trusting too. Mm. It's just like trusting that, you know, your interpretation is right or your gut instinct is right or yeah. 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 Um, symbology in dreams as well. Really important. I mentioned before, you know, look for uh, symbols, things that sort of stand out to you. Some people will just say, I dreamed about a snake. And that's a pretty easy one. Um, and also snake, you know, in the waking life, if the snake kind of crawls across in front of you, you know, same thing, you look up the meaning of that. Um, and that can be around rebirth, new life, new beginnings, starting over, all that sort of stuff. Um, snake and dream can mean a few different things. So it's slightly different, uh, but you can look that up. It's pretty easy, but sometimes it's easy like that. You know, you just wait, you dream about a crow or you dream about a magpie or whatever. So notice the animals, especially and numbers, uh, songs. So I'll often wake up hearing a song and sort of singing a song and that spirit's way of communicating with you. So when you wake up and you've got a yeah. song in your head, write down the lyrics, have a look at the, the words, the verse. And uh, that will apply to whatever you're going through in your life. So that's another way that spirit communicates um, is through the songs. Yes. I had um, one of the themes of my life with, and this won't surprise you, I'm sure, um, is I have a lot of dreams where I'm stuck on a cliff or I'm high on a ladder or like height related dreams. Mm. And I remember I told one of the women that I interviewed on the afterlight, Pamela, about because we were talking all about dream meetings and stuff. And I said, yeah, I have all these dreams a lot about height. And she said that in her experience, when people dream a lot about height or, um, you know, fear of heights or anything like that, it's very often because we're too much in our head, not enough on our body. Mm. And I thought that that, cool. that made a lot of sense to me because yeah. the amount of times that I've actually felt in my body actually felt in my feet, mm. uh, are very limited. So it mm. makes sense to me that I'm too in my head, which I work on yep. not being that way, but <laughs> um, yeah. my natural way is definitely to probably, and like you said, I just, I've got a lot going on, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I love a that. lot of height dreams, fear yeah. of falling height dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not so much that you've got a fear of heights. It's more that you're up in your head instead of down here in your feelings. So that's, um, I still have a fear of heights though. <laughs> oh, you do as well. I had yeah, two you had two meanings there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Numbers are great. I mean, repeating numbers, a lot of the time you can use this on license plates. So you may see a number in a dream or a vision or something like that. But I find when I'm in the present, you know, we're talking about lucid dreaming and, and waking dreams and all that sort of stuff. And I think a lot of the time when I'm driving around, I'm sort of in this quite calm state um, that I put myself into. And um, often I'm listening to meditation music or whatever in the car. And so I really notice license plates and numbers, you know, if it's triple three, triple zero, whatever it is, um, I'll often notice license plates, but a clue for me when I was um, feeling quite uncomfortable in a particular workplace on the Gold Coast and I felt like I should go is for a couple of months before I left, I kept seeing uh, KLL, 
uh, which is kill for me. That's what it felt like was kill. And it wasn't so much like a, a scary kind of murdery kind of thing, but oh, it was more like, like it just it. felt like get out of it. Yeah, an ending, get out of it. Um, and I just kept seeing it. And that's how my interpretation was. So as Lauren said before, pay attention to your interpretation. But for me, that was a sign for me to get out, you know, what I was doing. Mm. So we don't always have to go to see people like myself who do readings and, and things like that. You know, a lot of the clues are around us, but it's whether or not we're paying attention and looking and noticing is the other thing. So living in the present um, is super important when you're trying to figure that out. Now, Lauren, I did have a really good example of a former radio colleague and, and you don't know this story, but her dad died and it was really funny because he had what wasn't funny. A few days after his funeral, that was terribly worded. Um, a few days after his funeral, he came into the newsroom and he said, let my daughter know that I'm here. And I said, look, um, you need to give me some pretty good information here, mate, because she doesn't believe. And, you know, we weren't the closest, me and her. And I said, you're going to have to give me something pretty good for her to hear this. And he said, all right, talk about the Broncos. She bet on the Broncos. They're going to lose. She's going to be really pissed off. And I was like, okay. So I said to her, Beck, this is going to sound a bit weird, but your dad's here and he's talking about you bet on the Broncos. It's not going to be good. They're going to lose by this amount. So he gave me the amount they were going to lose by. And it was oh. a game that night. And it was, I can't remember the team, Cowboys, something or other. And, uh, and I said, and she said she'd lost sleep over it. She said, I can't believe you're saying this. I was awake all night worrying about this bet. She put a fair amount of money on it and was really worried she was going to lose. And so I told her this and uh, it was an exact amount. And I said, well, you know, watch the game and see what happens. Anyway, we went away. Um, they lost by that exact amount. Jason wanted to see. Jason couldn't believe this. He was like, we've got to watch this game. What's going to happen? They lost by the exact amount. He, couldn't, he was just like, that is amazing. That is amazing. And, uh, and I think he became a believer then too. But anyway, her dad, um, it was really, really fun. It was quite fun, the whole thing. And um, anyway, the next day or a couple of days later, um, I saw not even, it wasn't Beck. It wasn't like a, an abbreviation. It was Rebecca. I mean, how I've never seen Rebecca on a license plate. Like it's a, a long name. The whole yeah. name was on the license plate. Rebecca was on the license plate with these numbers. And I wrote the numbers down. I went into work and I said, um, and I showed her, I held it up and she turned white and she burst into tears. And I go, what does this mean? And she goes, was my whole name on there? And I went, yeah. Anyway, she, dad gave her, her dad gave her a license plate with her name. It was just like a made up one. So it was a, a, um, not a genuine one. It had men on a car, but it had Rebecca and it had those exact numbers on it. And she had it. She owned it. It was in her possession. He bought it for her as a gift. The numbers, I can't remember wow. the significance. It was like a birth date or something like that. Um, but it was exact same license plate on a vehicle. Outside amazing. our work, it was actually outside our workplace. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that is amazing. So I'm always really aware. And I think that helps with the dreaming as well, really paying attention, being in the present, uh, clearing your mind, things like that. Because to be honest, I mean, we weren't that close, but we grew closer after that. And I feel like that was really worthwhile that I passed that information on. And, uh, you know, perhaps it repaired a relationship, you know, repaired a friendship. So um, oh, well, if anything, you've given somebody an indicator that there's more than just death and the yeah, finality of that. I mean, that's felt. just like, yeah. it's a bit of that. a gift. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have anything else to add, Lauren, to any of that before we get into the party? Um, no, I guess like the main thing is that, you know, and I know you kind of touched on it a lot about, it, it kind of sounded to me that, you know, what, what are the benefits of understanding my dreams? Like, why should I take the time? And I, and I guess when I was listening to you speak, Part of it is that you get to see these road signs yeah. that help you along your way. And 
Um, again, going back to um, one of the people that you talked about at the beginning of the episode, you know, and how they get those signs, symbols, or those indicators that they're in the right position, place or right. making the right decision in their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people, that's where they might get their information from. So mm. if you you know, if our listener at home is feeling like maybe that could be them, well, then that's a benefit right there of just making yeah. the effort. But I, I guess I'd like to know in your own words, kind of before we wrap up here, why you feel that you know, it sounds like I'm interviewing you, but I guess, you know, <laughs> why it's worth putting in the effort. I mean, do you, being clear cognizant and all these other um, strengths and qualities that you have, like, is dreaming something that you continue to prioritize or is it just a byproduct of all the other work and skills that you do have? It's the, the being in every, being in, um, what am I trying to say? It's a be all and end all for me. So it's how I started, you know, being a dreamer. And then it's now formed the basis really of what I do. But you're right with the signposts. I mean, for me, going out to child level was a big move. It was, I was going on my own. Uh, I didn't know anyone there. It was 10 hours west. And spirit had to show me for me to really go there that that was the right decision for me. And had I not had that dream, I might have been maybe chickened out. Maybe I wouldn't have gone. I would have said it's too hard. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes show you these things to say you really need to go and take this risk do this thing um you know it could be around relationships and other things but for me it really is a, a point in the right direction so I, yeah. I don't know how I'd go if I didn't have that sort of confirmation I really rely on that and I don't actually go to see other people to get readings because I rely on my dreams so yeah. I feel like in that respect it's um it's incredibly useful yeah that's really cool. And one thing that I had recently was a dream where I met my grandfather who had died and we were on the, I remember I like was looking in the mirror in a dream and then he was in my reflection and I turned and I looked right at him and I went, oh, grandpa or whatever. And then I woke myself wow. up, damn it. But I would love to have more experiences like that. So I guess it just comes down to me making the effort to remember mm. Um, mm-hmm. because if you are into this woo woo stuff that you and I are this magical, incredible world that exists beyond the physical um you know that's where they get to you where you're not in your own way i guess yes exactly um i'll have a little bit more of that in the party element as well Lauren, which is uh coming up now and it's brought to you by my business michelle r price the light worker so i offer mentorship and also reiki teaching now as well i'm a reiki master I do readings with Oracle cards. I do healings, pranic energy healing and Reiki. And I'm a medium. So I connect to past overlap ones. So whatever you need, if it's guidance, teaching, training, any of those sorts of things, Michelle R. Price Lightworker on Facebook. So I had a couple of tools to improve your life. I also have some recommendations and inspiration. So some of the things that can improve your dreams, and you mentioned fish oil and a couple of other things, but amethyst is really good. So amethyst connects into kind of crown space, but also third eye. So any crystal that activates third eye, now this is all based on frequency and vibration. So these crystals vibrate around the same uh, frequency as what your third eye does, which is how it activates it. So lapis lazuli is really good for third eye. Labradorite fluorite is amazing. And there are others. So whatever you feel drawn to when you go to the crystal shop, a lot of the crystal people will know what's what's what. So you can ask the question if you're drawn to something in particular. But if you wanted to open up your third eye, um, then crystals are a really great way to do that. And it's all based on vibration. The other thing that I've got, which I posted about and I spoke about before, was that crystal singing bowl. I've got a singing bowl that's for solar plexus, but there is a singing bowl for third eye. 
So you can actually use a singing bowl to activate third eye as well. The singing bowl for third eye can be a bit full on. So I've started with solar plexus. And as I save up and maybe each Christmas, I'll get heart, then I'll get throat, then I'll get third eye. So it goes up that way. But I found solar plexus was more bearable. Whereas when I've had third eye before, just third eye without sort of building up to that, it can be full on and it can feel like everything's going through your head. Um, so I just found it a bit much for me. But you can do Christmas mm. singing bowls for third eye. So certainly a sound healing would be amazing if you're trying to activate your dreaming, visions, all that sort of stuff. A singing bowl, sound healing would be incredible because they'll work through root all the way up to crown. So they'll do all of them. And uh, that's a nice gentle way of doing it. So that's a this- great idea. And I actually found a, um, a YouTube video as well. And, and, you know, for our listener at home, you can just do a quick Google search, but we'll put in the show notes that there's a, a third eye chakra sound bath. Uh, crystal singing bowl meditation and it's really cool and it's only 10 minutes so if you are happy to dive into the third eye right away and not go through the stages like Michelle um, cautioned you to think about um, then you can check that out but also there's a lot of different YouTube channels that uh, you can actually access a lot of these um, sound healings on for free and And also on time is really good too Inside Timer, yes. And also the Afterlight, I actually interviewed as well on there, a sound healer. So um, that episode's really interesting and cool mm. too. That was Beloved? No, it's another one. Her name's Bianca oh, May. Beautiful. And, um, that was really cool. And she talked a lot about the power of lyrics as well and yes. how when you sing to lyrics, you're often singing affirmations. And so to be really careful about the lyrics you listen to. And I went, oh, it's a total game changer for music wow. for me when I thought about it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I love that. Silver Lauren is also handy. It's the highest vibrational metal. Uh, we're talking about it in its pure form here and you can get that from the mint. So I've actually got a coin, a silver coin, which is pretty pure because a lot of the stuff, you know, money, 50 cent pieces, things like that. They've obviously got other elements in them. So silver pure um, is very high vibrational. So I've had some people in my mentorship group who suggested this and a few of them did it. And it was, I'm talking like watching movies. It was insane. And one of the girls did it for like two weeks and she ended up having to take the silver out from under her pillow because she just felt like she wasn't getting enough sleep. Like she felt like her dreams were so active and she was so involved in them. You know, sometimes you feel like a bystander. She was in her yes. dreams, doing stuff, action. It wow. was all happening. And so she ended up having to pull the silver out because it was just like, this is crazy. Like, I feel like I'm waking up and I'm still tired. So uh, the silver is a really good tip as well. Um, Lauren, have you got any tools to improve your life this week? I guess for me, it's just, you know, sometimes when you want to work on your dreaming, getting a dream journal that you just specifically write your dreams down. And I think some people may, they don't want to talk about all their dreams. So they might have Mm. dreams that they're embarrassed about or like, where did that come from? But you know, it's just your own personal little dream journal. And I think that one of the things that could be of benefit as well is if you notice repeating patterns within your dreams and you start to develop some kind of a, um, like a meaning or some kind of, uh, guide basically, like you create your own dream journal then um, I think that it's really important to have a place where you can write all that stuff. So you might find kind of, let's just use my example again of me being afraid of heights. If I'm noticing that I'm dreaming a lot of height related content, then maybe it would be really worth it for me to work on, like to, to really prioritize meditation or yoga, for example. So I think that, you know, I would then look at, um, 
you know, fear of heights, um, you know, need to be more grounded, right? right? So if if I get so many of those, I might be easy to forget some of them. Yeah. Whereas if you have like your dream, dream journal and your glossary of what it all means, then that would be really helpful. And I think mm. a lot of it is actually really specific to the person mm. uh, as opposed to just being like a gener generic sort of fits one size fits all for everybody right. kind of thing. Yeah. One of the, what it made me think of when you were just talking then, it's funny because when we were at, uh, in radio, but it was a different company to what I worked with you at a different network. One of the girls dreamt that she had sexual relations, I'll uh, put it politely, with one of her colleagues who was on the same radio show as she was. And it was quite funny because I actually got a dream interpreter in and both of these people I'm talking about are very high profile. And, um, she was so embarrassed, like she was mortified that she'd had, you know, intercourse with this person who was, they're both, each of them is married, like each of them is married, so they've got their own husbands and wives. And the dream interpreter came in and said, you know what, it's actually that when you have that with someone else, and I, I've had it with colleagues too, and I'm like, oh, this is awful. But what, what she said it means is that you actually respect that person a lot. So someone you look up to. So it's weird how it manifests in that way. Cause then you're like, what? Like, I don't feel that way about that person. Like what is going on here? But she said, it's, it's a real, you know, looking up to honoring, respecting, like right. all those sorts of things that it manifests in that way. Isn't that strange? And I thought, and she, she related, she went, but yeah. But I guess you're comfortable really, with them. Yeah. yeah but I weird guess, yeah. That, like you would do that. So I don't know, but I just thought that was really interesting um, to mention at that point. Now, I had a couple of recommendations. So it is a good idea, and Lawrence already alluded to this, to record your dreams, even if they're short. So even if you just have, you know, I'm dreaming and there's a snake and then I wake up, put the snake down. It doesn't matter because that will be symbolic of something. Uh, and then try and find what that means and see what the uh, symbolism uh, behind that is. So I record me if they're short and then the more I do this, similar to using your intuition because it's like a muscle, then you may get longer dreams, vivid dreams, that sort of thing. And the benefit of that is that it will actually help you trust, hopefully, your intuition more in your waking life, which as we've already discussed in the show is incredibly helpful when you're trying to make decisions around, you know, your career, business, stuff like that, and giving you a little bit of guidance so that you're not sort of guessing and feeling like you're um, flying by the city of your pants which can happen. So um, there are several good dream interpretation books out there. I found one that I like is the Dream Interpretation Dictionary by J.M. DeBoard. Uh, the link is in the show notes. It's nice and simple and quite straightforward to navigate. So it's like a dictionary essentially, which is hence the name, where you just look up, I guess, the object, uh, item, whatever it is, animal uh, in the dream, and then you go straight to just a simple meaning. So I quite like that one because some of them can be like pages and it's a lot of information and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes you just want to go, all right, what's the one line kind of meaning around this, like a dictionary? And, um, yeah. and that's what you really need. So yeah, so whatever, whatever resonates with the listener at home, but I just thought I'll stick that in because it, um, it resonated with me uh, in particular. We've also spoken about crystals, fish oil, all those sorts of things. Uh, but ultimately, um, we want to make sure we're looking at those signposts because as much as I love doing readings and I love, um, you know, cause it's my business and my career, we can all do this for ourselves. And it is a way of guiding ourselves, whether we own our own business, whether we work for someone else around, you know, decision-making when I need to leave my career, when I'm starting a new career, there's always going to be, cause it's stressful. There's always going to be some interesting dreams around those times. So noticing around, you know, the death of a person, what your dreams do, you know, all those sorts of things, um, significant times in our life, we're going to be definitely having some dreams. Um, and, you know, it is worth 
kind of looking at that and examining that, I find it uh, really interesting, especially with business, um, giving us a few pointers in the right direction. So, um, Lauren, the next podcast, unless there's anything else you wanted to add. No, I just, um, I, I guess I, I do want to reinforce that if you are interested in the subject that subjects of dreams that, you know, check out some of those additional episodes that we've mm. put in the show notes for the afterlight. Those are dream experts. And um, it's really amazing. And one of the women, Pamela S. Alexander, like she actually teaches you how to look into your dreaming, like what it means and the significance and all that kind of stuff. And it's really amazing. And, and she recounted off air some really incredible stories to me and even some on air as well mm. that just show you that you know, she's basically talking about how dreams really helped her with grief and helped her to prepare for um, her mother. I think it was her mother passing and things mm. like that as well. So it's uh, really this kind of unexplained world. And I guess we're asleep in life's waiting room if we don't take advantage of it as mm. well. Gosh, that was well said. I was also just thinking, I mean, this is going to air after, uh, after the holidays, but during the holidays, I think it's interesting to notice dreams because I feel like when we're a little bit more relaxed and we're not at work and we're not doing the nine to five grind that our dreams will probably change as well. So it might be just worth having a think about that for the next holidays that are coming up, like June, July, that sort of thing um, around what your dreams do during the holidays, um, which I also think is really interesting. Um, Now, Lauren, next episode, what are we going to be doing? Well, next episode, I thought it would be worth talking about a bit of a mid-year review. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, we did do a kind of a yearly summary, but I think that when you are kind of mid-year in your business, it actually gives you a huge opportunity to get in those good habits again. Make sure your financials are all prepared. Make sure your goals are on track. Things like that, that really, you know, do you kind of look at your year, Michelle, as the December to January or January to December? Do you ever look at your year in terms of financial year? Uh, well, I've only been running my own business I guess, yeah. since so March, business. so I'm not really, yeah, not really sure. So this yet. will be more like, I think we should, um, talk, well, we will be talking more about financial year okay. as far as business goes. Cause I think okay. that when you start and stop projects in business, it's, uh, you know, it's probably a, a good time frame to look at. Yeah. 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 And, uh, All right. Financial yeah, I just thought we could talk about the things that the different practices that we've been doing, what's been working well. Uh, and kind of you're in the position of changing things up in your business when you mm. assess things mid-year versus at the very end where it's almost too late. Yeah, no, that's a great, great idea. Love that. Um, so that will be on the next episode coming up. So Lauren, would you like to take this, it away? Sure. <laughs> this has been the Business in the Front. Party in the Back. Podcast. Podcast. And if you love the episode, please do leave us a review because it does matter. It does help us continue to get more uh, listens and plays on our episodes. And if you didn't like the episode, Michelle. Or it wasn't your cup of tea, as we like to say these days. uh, Then perhaps maybe uh, don't mention us to anyone or... um, Yes, I can't think of a, a more positive way to say that. I'm trying keep to, it to yourself. Trying to keep it, to, keep yourself. it to yourself. Yeah, I like that. Let's do that. Let's go I with like that. that. Keep it to yourself. Thanks, Lauren. Great episode. Thank you. <laughs>